Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, as well as the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has other great podcasts like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson. Now, Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and, more importantly, make it work. If you like any of these topics, you definitely want to go check out the show, How to Write and Deliver a Captivating Speech, How to Market Yourself into a New Job, How Design Can Help and Also Hurt Your Revenue, Creating a Social Media Ad Strategy That Actually Works. If these topics resonate with you, go check out Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Today, my guest is Jimmy Esparza. Jimmy was born in Los Angeles after his family risked everything and came over from Mexico. After working for major companies in the solar industry since 2017, Jimmy created the company Renewable Power USA. Renewable Power USA has expanded to include several service areas and warehouses ready to serve its customers in Arizona, Southern California, Ontario, Dallas, North Carolina, Orlando, and Miami. Now, Jimmy didn't just build any other renewable power company. Jimmy built Renewable Power USA to the point where it appeared in magazines such as Forbes, Wealth Insider, American Weekly, and Inc. Magazine, entering the 44th position of Inc. 5000, the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the USA. So I sat down with Jimmy. We spoke about his entrepreneurial journey. We spoke about some things to do with solar and renewable energy. We spoke about replacing traditional energy sources with solar. We spoke about how the solar industry has evolved, how he's basically been on the bleeding edge of the solar industry ever since he started Renewable Power USA. Uh, We spoke about whether or not solar can even replace 100% of existing power options. And then we spoke about business. So how did he differentiate himself? How did he grow his company so successfully and hit the Inc. 5000 list and hit pretty high up on the Inc. 5000 list? Uh, We spoke about building an award-winning sales team, some of the strategies he uses to close deals, which obviously allowed him to successfully scale his company. And then we spoke about how he used community, niching down, and customer service to succeed at sales, something that we may not always explore, but some different strategies and some tactics that he used to build a multi-million dollar renewable energy behemoth. So let's jump right into it. This is Jimmy Esparza. He is the founder and CEO of Renewable Power USA. So a little bit about myself, where we come from, um, we, I come from, um, we actually, my family is from Mexico. Uh, my mom is from Tijuana, Mexico. My dad is um, from Sinaloa, Mexico. Um, and a little bit of, of their background, uh, my dad, my dad comes from construction, so he's a construction worker, labor worker. Uh, my, my grandpa from the side of my, um, my mom, um, he's actually, he was a business owner. He used to have a body shop um, in Mexico, in Tijuana, so I never actually, I met him once when I was a baby, uh, but then I can't really recall too much about him. So it was a small business. You know, he, we didn't really have a background from, uh, you know, from, you know, scaling a, you know, multi-million dollar business or nothing like that. Um, I would just hear stories from my mom talking about, yeah, my, you know, your grandpa was so cool because he's own his own business. And then uh, when I was, um, and then as we grew up, 
uh, we my mom my mom crossed uh, with legally to the United States, but my dad and um, my grandma, his mom, um, actually crossed illegally to here to the United States uh, to obviously you know find a better opportunity um, compared to how it was in Mexico. Why'd they have to do that though? Why why could one cross legally and the rest couldn't? Um. I believe the the reason that um, they took that initiative is because I my my grandma was running away from from my my grandpa. You know, I guess it was a, like a, a chaotic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she didn't want to be in that um, position anymore, and and he walked away as well. So she needed to raise two kids. You know, so it was tough where where she was from. It's a small village in um, in Mexico, so there is there is work opportunities, but it was just extremely hard for her to to raise two kids. You know. So I, all my respects to my grandma, honestly, I love her and she's such a hard worker. And, um, you know, so she made the decision, you know, somebody asked her, do you want to come and work out here into the United States? Um, you know, and you could really raise your child's and, you know, provide for what they need. And she decided to go, you know, she just decided, risk it and go and just, <laughs> yeah. 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 She decided uh, to make a risk and come to the United States. And then as she started, like she literally became, uh, you know, she she became legal. And then, um, you know, my dad did as well. You know, when my dad lived in Mexico and then when he was older and he was able to, to actually work, then he came to the United States uh, after my grandma. And and this is this was in uh, Los Angeles, California. Um, and that's where he met my mom. So that's uh, my mom came across the, um, from Tijuana, Mexico. And that's when the, where they met. And that's where I was born, actually. amazing so that's that's why so that's why your your dad and your and your grandma that was pure risk it was pure risk they didn't know like what was going to happen what was going to end up um it was just you know trying to make the best decision for the family at that point absolutely um she was in in a point where it's like i have two kids um you know and i'm responsible for them so I don't see a way where I could really give them what they need, you know, with the jobs opportunities that were there. You yeah. know, it's a, a smaller um, mention. It it was a it's a town where it's in the mountains. You know, there's just a few things that you could do there. Um, and she she really wanted the best for them. You know, so she had to make the risk and just go for it. And what's so what's the opportunity once you get to to LA? So what do they what do they do now? So uh, she she was a uh, she was working in a manufactured. Um, they they. I believe from the conversations I have with her, she used to work with, uh, it was Lacoste. So it was like, you know, the polo shirts. The shirts, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they were actually manufacturing the, um, the, some of their clothing um, and other brands as well. So she was in the manufacturer area. Um, and then and then my dad was, um, once he was able to work, he was um, in making, they will make, it was manufacturing as well. They will create uh, parts for uh, airplanes and uh, helicopters and all that stuff in them. And Los Angeles, when he was able, when he was around, like I would say, like 22 years old. So, um, and then that's where my mom and dad actually met, you know, in Los Angeles. So, did you now, like, learning this story? Did it impact? Um, did it impact you at a young age in terms of uh, understanding the opportunity that you had and and how you wanted to carve out your career and the different things that you wanted to try out? Like when you hear the story of somebody risking their whole life to give you the best possible opportunity. What does that imprint in your mind? 100%, man. And I could I could remember this conversation I had with one of my family members, actually my cousin and now, and we were discussing how, you know, sometimes in business things are rough, right? Um, you know, we, at that time when I had that conversation with him, we were doing door-to-door sales, right? So it's like, it's tough, right? It's not easy. 
And we just, I remember we were having a couple of drinks and we're just like, hey man, like, you know, it's, we, we deal with customers, we deal with building a team, we build with, you know, some of the business aspects. And I don't want to say complaining, we're just discussing, you know, some of the issues and it was a, you know, and, and it was tough. And I now remember like going back to, you know, to, to the history of our family tree. And I remember I had a conversation with them. I told him, Hey man, like to be straight up, to be, to be straight up with you. Like, I think we're just whining and we're complaining because if we go back to, um, you know, to look at our family and what they actually went through to actually just for us to be, um, to be from the United States, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's insane. And for us to be sitting here down and talking about like, Oh man, things are tough. Things are rough. It didn't like close a sale while you're over drinks at the end of the day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, you know, I, I think I, I go back to that story and it's like, man, like you think you have it tough? Like, no, you don't. Like you get your ass to work and, you know, put put in some work and stop complaining, you know, and get it done. So I think that's uh that's something that that does pushes me and, and it gives me like a rela- reality check when I think things are, you know, a little complicated and it always sort of it always centers you like like yeah. say, first of all door to door sales <laughs> by most people's standards is all like the the hardest job you could possibly do but i think it's because a lot of people were born not from hard circumstances because to have the to have the privilege it's so it's so incredible like where you think about where your grandma and your dad came from yeah. and what they risked and now like the risk that you're having at your age is like and, and and with your business, it's not like, should I change countries to save my family? It's like, okay, should I put X, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars into this campaign or that? And yeah. it's completely, it's it's a 180. And That's it really cool. is, it's a, it, like, it gives me like, a, it gives me like goosebumps to think about like, like some of the things that other people went through and I don't come from this background. So I can only, I can only commend because I don't have the experience, but it's, it's very, it's, 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 uh, it's incredible. Thank you. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, how, as you, as you went out into your career, you started, you started with door to door, uh, solar. Why, why in the world would you ever take <laughs> a door to door solar job? That sounds like right? a horrible, <laughs> it's, it sounds like a really shitty job. <laughs> It is, man. It is. Honestly, is not the most appealing job. You didn't. You didn't. You weren't yeah. born, and you're like, oh, I want to, <laughs> I want to graduate dream. high school and and college or whatever, and go go door to door selling solar panels. Yeah. No, absolutely not, man. That was not my dream. I thought I was gonna be like a, you know, like this um, iconic. Um, maybe like I was gonna be an artist and I was gonna sing. Like my brother taught me a couple things in music, and you know, so like. Had, like most of people want to have right like this fame and all this stuff but um the main reason i actually joined uh door-to-door sales is because i didn't have too many choices um you know as uh we go we go further on the story from the background um i did go to college i did go to a community college uh, to study business but i had to pay for my own college i remember the story where um where actually my mom took me to a to a university because I wanted to learn business. And I was like, yeah, you know, I want to understand a little bit more about business. They give me a grand tour of the university. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, this is the place, right? And and I remember when when they told my mom the price, it was a hundred and something thousand dollars. And my mom just looked at me and she's like, she's like, nope. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I was like, whoa. And that to me was like, 
like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I, I'm not, uh, no, like I'm trying to do something good for myself, you know, and try to educate myself so I could have a better future. Um, and she's like, no, I mean, one, she was really straight up. Like, I don't feel like you're responsible enough that you're going to graduate. <laughs> you barely graduated, you know, through high school. And, uh, which I felt like it was a, a little offensive at the time, but then I was like, you know what? I, I understand my mom. Um, and then, so it's like, wow. So I guess I don't have a choice to go to university as of right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so I didn't have too many options and, um, and I had to build my way up. I had to build that, um, street, uh, credit, right. Which is yeah. in business is like going to sales, understand uh, sales as much as you can and go through the experience and go through that corporate ladder as much as you can. Um, and during the time this opportunity presented to me, um, I wanted to make more money. I was at the moment I was making four, I was making 30, actually two grand a year. Um, and I remember looking at a magazine, uh, for homes and I was like, wow, man, like a quarter of a million dollars homes, half a million dollars. And I was like, I'm making 32 grand. And I think I have a quote unquote good job, right? Like I was like, I built my way up to being a supervisor. And now, now 32 is like barely can afford to live. Right. It yeah. depends on where you're living in the U S but like, my God, that I always wonder, like, I always wonder how people survive in major. Yeah. I don't think they do. I mean, I don't think they do. Like I know. Just a, a point. So in, in Vancouver, again, this is sort of Canadian reference, but I know it's 100%. a big issue. So uh, if you have a city that has incredibly high real estate prices, um, what's happening in Vancouver right now? And Vancouver is on par with like New York, L.A., Miami in terms of inflation for real estate. Oh, wow. So you have city cores and you have all um, like entry level jobs where you'll have like servers and like people that work in retail and whatnot. They can't staff the no. jobs because the people that work for those jobs can't afford to live within commute distance to the actual like city core where those jobs are actually uh, located. So now oh. you have now you have uh, now you have like an actual employment problem because nobody can afford to work those jobs. Oh. Nobody can afford to live in proximity to actually work those jobs. Wow. So thirty two is like, yeah, it's 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 virtually nothing with exactly. how prices are in any major city and even in smaller cities. Yeah. So you're making 32, you're looking at a house for 250 to 500, which is still like now a steal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you look at what's happening. Um, so you're like, okay, this isn't going to work. So you want to go work in sales, make good money there. Yeah. So I, you know, I heard from this door to door guy that knocked on my mom's door and he was trying to sell her um, the, the product. And it's like, hey, man, it's like at that time I was looking for a job as well because like, man, I got to, you know, I got to get out of here. I used to work for a prison, actually. So I was um, there used to be a call center inside of this prison that I used to, um, you know, work at. And I was literally in a prison and making 32 grand, risking my life. Right. Um, it, it was it was funny. That's a, that's a whole different story. But um, and I was I was like, hey, man, I got to look for a different way. Like I cannot uh, survive and build a family on 32 grand. Right. And this guy came to my mom's door and door knocking with shorts, faded hat, you know, working for uh, Solar City Tesla, which is now uh, Tesla. And um, it's like, hey, man, it's like, how about this? Well, how about I get you a job? I was like, are you kidding me, man? Like, I still go on a tie to my uh, to my other job, you know, like call center? <laughs> in a call yeah. center, yeah, yeah. a little nice tie, you know, <laughs> and tucked in. I thought I was all cool. Um, it's like, man, I'm not going to go door knocking. Like, it's not appealing at all, you know, like whatsoever. Um, and he's like, 
Well, it, it pays pretty well. And I was like, okay, so what is, you know, how, what is how, pretty well? Yeah, what is pretty well, right? Like, well, how much are we talking about? And I did the whole Wolf of Wall Street uh, type of thing where it's like, okay, all right, man. Like, and he was hyping it up. You know, it's like, man, it's so exciting. This cool, this company's so cool. Uh, you know, Elon Musk is the chairman. And I was like, I don't even know who Elon Musk was at the moment. I was like, I mean, I don't care, man. I was like, who the hell is that? I don't, I don't know. But it's like, will you make money or not? He's like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, let me see a pay stub. And he showed me a pay stub, 70 grand, you know. So all right. at that time, I was like, all right. Double my, up. Yeah. yeah, my boss, boss, boss. I think that's what he made. Because I remember I, as an assistant, uh, I was, I was uh, assistant manager. Um, you know, some of my duties were to do some paperwork. And I remember I did a, I scanned his W-2 form, you know, and I seen 70 grand. And I was like, oh, shit. So I got an opportunity to actually make, um you know, more than, you know, the director yeah. right, of, the, of the place that I was working at. I was like, wow. I was like, let's do it. When did you give me an interview? <laughs> you know, so, um, and I was like, so at the time I was like, I was, it was way beyond the job being, you know, like an appealing job or something where, you know, something where I didn't really think about, is my mom going to be proud of this or my friends are going to like this. And you're just following like, the money at that point. I was a money man. It was like, I need it. I yeah. needed it. And, and I felt like it was a good product too. Um, I think that was a big point too, because I, I pride myself on the things that I that I saw, like I was selling. So I was like, eh, it's a good product, it's technology. I was like, it's technology space. I was like, okay, it's, like it's evolving. I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense. But I mean, the money is sounds great too, <laughs> you know. So that's how I, you know, really got into it, and that's one of the first things that drive me towards like taking that door to door job, because I didn't have any other option. I didn't have um. Also, I didn't have a, a degree, you know, yeah. like, like a college dropout, you know, from business. So I was like, I don't have a degree where I'm going to get hired right away with a good salary and plus commission and things like that. So I was like, hey, it's either this or I don't know what else is going to pay yeah. me as much. You know what I mean? How did you? So it's funny because at that point when you were like, it's this and I don't know what else, that's like a very traditional mindset. That's not an entrepreneurial mindset. That's where most people just figure, okay, so how do I find the best possible paying job? And that yeah. happens to like mo most people. I think Absolutely. that COVID has forced people to think outside the box because of layoffs yeah. and furloughs and the job that they thought was safe was no longer safe. So now I think people are thinking outside the box and trying to diversify and get, maybe get like side hustles or more entrepreneurial. Yep. But you didn't, you didn't start thinking like that. So as you're working this job, if you continued on that path, you'd be like, okay, how do I find another job that pays more? How do I move up? The ranks so how did you pivot that mindset from working for somebody finding the best possible salary to which always will have some sort of cap on it to i want to start my own company in this space and i know the things that i have to do and i have to execute this and it and eventually it's all worked out and now i think it's what were you 44th on the inc 5000 one year right so yeah. that which is like that's that's a huge that's a huge completely yeah. different person that hit that 44th rank oh, yeah. versus the person who took the the solar panel sales job. Absolutely. So uh, evolution of you in solar. What did that what what was that path? Yeah, so you know at the time obviously I was uh, 21 years old um and I needed some money but after when the when my ship this chip came up right and I was like, "Hey, you know what? I I feel like I want to actually create my own business." Um, I guess it comes from, it came from my mom too. Like, I think she engraved that into me like, Hey, you should, you know, open up your own business. So I always had that in the back of my head. I just didn't know how, right. I'd never had an investor. Uh, my mom was a, uh, she was a, she was an employee of the business. So she really, she didn't really scale the business. Uh, but she did give me like the visuals, like, you, you know, you kind of have your own time and stuff like that. So once I, 
once like I got to six figures like doing door to door, um, and I had some capital, and that's uh, where how I, long did that take? It took me like uh, it took me like seven months, so it didn't take. Oh shit! Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's, actually, that's actually really quick. Okay, all right. Yeah, so you know, once I started making you know some uh, uh, some good amount of income in my eyes, right at that moment, um, I was like, oh shit! So I got some extra cash. Yeah, I got. I never seen this in my bank account, so it's like. Now I started thinking like as an investor, right? So what am I going to do? Like, I want this to keep on, I want to keep on, you know, creating this um, type of income or even better income. So what should I do? And that's where I started to get into like self-development um, really deep, right? Started uh, reading tons of books and, you know, that really transformed, transformed like my mindset. One of them, the first one was a secret. I'm sure like yeah. law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That was like one of my basic one is like, really, you can really want, you know, you can really like set a goal and you can really actually accomplish it. And um, if you really believe into it and you put the right actions, it sounded pretty crazy, but you know, at that time, but it's like, I got believed into it, believing in myself. I had some income and, and I just started to set those goals. I was like, I'm going to create my own business. I don't know how, I don't know how much money is going to cost, uh, how much, uh, how much money I never really went through all those, um, you know, those details in, from a business. Right. Um, which it was, you know, which I'm, I'm grateful and I'm glad I, I, I really, I didn't really get too much into those numbers. Cause if I re- would have evaluated all the whole thing, like I would have never done it. It would have scared you. It would have, yeah. yeah, it would have like, it was like, dude, like what, what the hell are you thinking about? Just go ahead and, you know, create and make a quarter of a million just selling and, you know, and, and that's it. And I love don't that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I know. I love the, um, I love that sometimes like, like being, being naive, actually enable success and i actually think that's actually a really smart point like sometimes like a little bit of because nothing's ever going to work out the way you want it to work out and nothing's ever going to be 100 percent. i think that almost going to a little bit of like like what's the what's the word um uh like you're just like the uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed or whatever the saying it's just like when you like look at something very optimistically versus pessimistically and i think that that's exactly what you do and it's actually what you have to do to be successful, yeah. because if you ever evaluated the risks required to be successful, I don't think anybody would ever build their own thing. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, baking a pie, taking candy from babies, both things that are theoretically easy, but anyone who's ever made a pie from scratch or attempted to pry a lollipop from a screaming toddler knows that these things are in fact very difficult. But you know what is easy? Integrating, automating, and scaling your business with HubSpot. The HubSpot CRM platform seamlessly transforms customer data into usable insights like what's the average time it takes us to respond to a customer service request and how can we get better at it? The HubSpot service hub brings all your data and support channels into one place so your team can spend less time hunting for information and more time delighting customers. Plus, seamless connectivity with marketing and sales hubs means every person on your team has a crystal clear picture of your customer easy as HubSpot. Learn how HubSpot can make it easier for your business to grow better at HubSpot.com. So you have to have that personality as an entrepreneur, regardless of whether or not you manufacture it, or it's just because you haven't put as much thought into the thing as you need to. I think that's what it's actually led to success sometimes. But you you jump into it. Okay, sorry, sorry. go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I did totally just jumped into it and I said, you know, I think I have what it takes. You know, I, I love, you know, dealing with people. I love to talk to people. I loved, um, in, in my previous positions, I was always in a, you know, I was a started in sales and then they promote me to, to be a supervisor and manager. So I've done some of, uh, 
some of uh, the, you know, dealing with people and managing people and coaching people. So uh, I was like, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at it. You know, I think I've, you know, developed a, a few teams and, you know, helped them grow and help and, you know, and transfer some of my skills to them. So, you know, I like that side of the business. So I was like, okay, that's what I have to do in the beginning. Then I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing. Just I've already been doing it for, you know, for a few companies. I could, I think I could do it for myself. Um, and then I, I was, I mean, and I think I will, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, I believe a lot in God. So it was like, I think it was a right time. And he opened up a door for me as well at that time. Um, I met one of the, at the moment right now, he's one of the, the biggest um, installation companies in the nation, you know, as far as solar goes. So. Um, they they had like a year and a half in business when I met them, so they were not as big as you know they are right now. Um, and they recruited me off of um, um, uh, Sol Solar City, which it was it was Tesla at the moment already is already bought off by Tesla. So um, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm able to do this. Um, you know, there's some things I don't like. There's some people that like I recruited a bunch of people, family members, cousins, and to sell to sell, yeah. <laughs> So there are some things that this guy had some issues that they seen and they're like, hey, man, well, you know, we don't get enough attention. You're the only guy that's really training us. You're the one that's like helping us close a lot of deals and identify some issues. And I see I seen how I could actually improve them. And by me having the chance to uh, create my own business, um, you know, excited me to like help, you know, my family members because yeah. like, I got them off their jobs. I yeah. brought some some. Uh, some of my family members from uh, San Diego, from other places to work in Arizona. So I felt like a responsibility um, greater than, you know, than than me wanting to be in business just because I wanted to be in business. You know what I mean? It was more of you like forced yourself to have responsibility for other people. Yeah, exactly. Shit, that's super stressful. Yeah, it is. It is. And and at the time I was thinking, man, like I, this guy, he moved down from L.A., he moved down from San Diego. Um, this guy came from, uh, you know, this call center that he was working on and, you know, he, he stopped working there. So now it's like, shit, they're all looking, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're asking me questions and they're, they worry about their future, you know? So I was like, shit, so I got to do something and I have to create something, you know, better than what, what's going on here because, um, you know, seems like things are not going to be the same. And, you know, in a month or two months, that's when, um, Tesla acquired um, uh, Solar City, yeah. So there was a lot of changes going on at the time too. So you know, everybody was like, "Hey, man!" Like they were looking up to me and saying, "Like, what are we gonna do?" And I did some research research in the market. I put myself in front of the right people, and and that's how a little bit about you know how it started. So. Okay, so then, <laughs> so when you start this business, so I'm I'm unpacking like the first steps you do to sort of make yourself successful. Is it? Because you obviously don't have, you're not manufacturing solar panels. You didn't mm -hmm. get like a $10 million investment and then oh. go and start manufacturing. So you're reselling product. Yep. Um, so what's involved in this business now? It's building brand. You have to build a brand. You yep. have to have boots on the ground, like knocking on doors. Yep. Um, how, how do you differentiate yourself so that your, your sales reps and your brand is going to close deals that like, Tesla could not close. Yeah. Um, so uh, there there were some investments uh, initially, right? But not crazy. Like yeah. not seven figures, you know, um, seven figures investments. Uh, there was quite a few. I mean, the first year I would say it was a, a good six-figure investment where we could really push the brand. We could, uh, you know, uh, hire people as well on salary basis and things like that. Um, where, to be honest with you, I was doing this without knowing I was doing it. So I had this saved up. So I made my own LLC and I actually... Um, 
I got, you know, I sat down with, um, you know, Wes Fargo. They taught me how to actually even create some of the things that I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware of. And, you know, I just went as I, you know, there was a problem that arise. I was like, okay, I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to just, just little by little by little. Um, so one of the big things that actually set us aside differently is that that I was, um, we were there right there with the customer. So we give them the face-to-face -face, um, um, like, yeah, uh, interaction, yeah. right? Connection. And then we really build on the community. So which that was huge, right? Like people want to. Uh, have some local, right? Um, and I, I some of the the analysis that I did with the customers, and you know, I think in the overall, I see it in, in in many places that that we build teams and we build our brand and we sell, is uh, people like local, but they don't want you. They don't, they don't like they don't like for you to be small, right? Like they're like you're local, mm. but if you're too small, then um, it's a little risky for me to go with you, right? Of course, I mean, yeah. it, it's fun. Like I like the local vibe, but you're just a little too small. What right? does local mean? What so does local mean? Local mean is like um, where the person that's really running that division or that um, that team, it's from there and knows some people, lives there, right? And uh, most of the, the, his team is from there, right? Or they, or at least they interact with the community. They go to like, uh, for example, um, you know, there's a lot of chambers, Chamber events, of commerce and business, or, yeah. you know, where there's little events, like you see them all the time. They're there, they're involved, charity events, you know, little things like that where it's like, um, they're really involved, right? So one of the things that I've noticed um, and that definitely set us aside is like, um, you know, we are local, which you know it kind of it kind of checks that check mark from our yeah. customers. Um, you know, we're we're involved in the community, you know, so you'll see us around. Um, and then also, um, you know, we we're a pretty big company as well, right? Not a massive corporation, but we are like, for example, just like you said, like you know, we're in five thousand companies. You know, from we're from the southwest, we were from number forty-four. So we're yeah. getting to be, you know, more. Dude, that's the, pretty big. That's right? like, and that's that's like pretty massive growth too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so it's people like impressive. that. Yeah, I, I felt I feel like we really work hard on that, and and they like that. You know, once you you sit down and then the guys present and the guys offer the products, like yeah, man, like we're locally, we were gonna treat you like um like somebody who's local, and we're also gonna give you that big brand um, service, right? That yeah. great customer service and also that great experience as far as product. Um, like we have a, we also have a uh, partnership with Tesla, which we could offer their products. Uh, we had Tesla, you know, give us some, um, you know, some training as far as their products. You can resell theirs as well. So, yeah. so it's like the person who's delivering the product. So you're like, um, are you, are you pure reseller? Yeah, you because yeah. you're, you're not producing, you're not manufacturing yourself. So you're mm. so it's like it's like the the sales, the support, the actual installers. That's those are the pieces that you control. Abs okay. Absolutely. So we we do the resale, we do the agreements, we do the whole operations. Uh, we have the relationships with you know major installation companies and also with finance companies. So that's some of the things that we handle on the back end um, on the operational side of it. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much what what we do. And then you, and then the sales strategy was like, so it was like geo-targeted regional sales strategy, but like emphasis on customer support and that's, yes. And then, okay. So then when you, when you first started, you obviously like the manufacturing's not in the business, but the other pieces are. So did you take on, like, how did you find the installers? How did you find the right support to actually service the customers? How did you give them like that premium experience? Did you hedge that risk yourself and hire on salary or did you find?
I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, 
drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Find other other agencies that could fill that or independent third-party contractors. I find it just really interesting how you build like such a labor intensive business um, and deliver that excellence in, in like a relatively new industry. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine there's, it's not like uh, there's a, it's not like people like uh, if you're hiring like a, you know, a, a roofing contractor, roofs have been around for a long time. So yeah. There's probably a lot. I'm just thinking roofs cause of solar, but I mean the solar engineers or installers, there's probably very few to pick from. And they're probably, you're probably trying to pick from other companies that already have them. Yeah. So some of the things that we did is um, I think the biggest um, thing that has helped us as a company is that when I started, I, I build my name as much as I can, like where I was selling tons of this equipment, right? Equipments for uh, for Solar City, for Tesla yeah. and for the other installers. So, you know, I just build it. I build tons of installs for installations with them. So, you know, now it's at a point where people is like, 
hey, we want to work with you, man. What can I do so you could distribute your product? What can I do so so you could, um, I got you, you okay. know, and we'll we'll give you this price. We'll provide you with this. We'll give you. So there's a lot of perks nowadays that, you know, which we're thankful to that we're able to receive from others. The brand first, though. You built the brand first. Yeah, yeah exactly. We build it. And then I think the, the numbers talk by themselves, right? Like, you know, selling, you know, eight, over eight figures as far as, you know, solar, you know, it goes a big, you know, big, long way. And uh, people want to be part of that or they want me to you know, help out and support on that side of the business. So I think that's one of the biggest things that has definitely helped us out a lot. And, and then the industry as a whole, like like talk. I'm I'm just curious about solar. I'm curious about renewable. So where is the industry now? Where so our I've seen solar panels on homes for forever. It seems like forever for like a considerable amount of time. Yeah. But it's not obviously mainstream. I mean, not yet. It's mainstream when I feel like someone's grandma has solar panels on their house or your, your own grandma has it on her house. Yeah. Right? So where's the industry now? What, what's the, what's the benefit of putting solar panels on homes? Who's doing it? Why are they doing it? Uh, how much has it evolved? Uh, what's the market size? Like how all these different things that people are interested in solar, interested in renewable Absolutely. want to know. Yeah. I think the, I don't think I know that the, the market it's really on tap as of right now. Right. I've been doing it for seven years already and um you know start off when nobody really knew what you were talking about they're like you're crazy like yeah. there's another way of generating electricity it's probably a scam like people were really like skeptical about it so at this point like people have a better understanding right and they're now looking for the for the right company to actually install solar panels on the roof um so i, I believe that we're like at five percent of of what this really is going to be right because um also we're you know, our, our government is pushing it pretty hard, right? There's federal tax credits, there's state credits, there's rebates in some states. So um, they really want everybody to go solar, right? Not only be, not only because the customer is going to save tons of money, but also because um, it's a noble cost where it's going to be helping out and impacting the environment, right? Because um, I'm sure if some of you guys heard about the Cleaner Act where, you know, all the, the world got together and they said how... Um, they talked about how they're going to put their part as far as global warming through renewable resources and things like that. So that was a, um, you know, that was a big thing for us too. And, um, and that's how they're trying to push it, you know, where it's like, Hey, Mr. Customer, if you go solar, you get all these cool incentives, like you're going to be saving money, you know, you're inflation free, right. As mm -hmm. far as your, your power goes. And as far as, um, as far as that's the customer side of it, as far as the industry, um, there's, there's so so much more to it that you know like for example for renewable power us like we are constantly training and onboarding people you know to be part of a, you know what we're doing as well with the same structure with the same is model. it easier to find talent now because you find the industries evolving um but yes yes you know what we we actually have a lot of people coming in from the roof space uh realtors like you know people are catching a lot of interest as far as solar and being involved with what we're doing um, and the reason why is because, you know, it's, it feels, I feel, and anybody that's been in sales, it's, it's an easy product to sell. Like, right. Yeah. All you got to do is just capture the customer's interest and just sit in front of the customer. And if you're good at sales, it should be at 80, you know, 80% closing ratio, wow. you know, which is not just pretty good. It's not normal. Yeah. No, it's like a, a standard for like a, you can benchmark a 20% in most industries. Yeah. 80% so <laughs> is insane. Exactly. So, you know, so I, I feel like and me coming from sales too, like from a from a background of sales, you know, once I experienced this product, you know, my first month coming in, I was like, you know, I was one already one of the top producers just like, oh, bam. I mean, it's like, oh, it's not that complicated. I remember pushing cell phones. I sold, you know, quite a few things. And to me, this one was, a, you know, pretty much a no brainer. So I catch 
I see how it's it's really appealing to you know good closers out there to you know wanting to be part to of move it. into the industry to and and walk me through like the financials. So the the premise is you're you're putting solar panels on people's roofs and that's that would completely replace the power that they would use from the city or no. Um, we what we try to do we try to provide it with um, it's called an offset right. So let's say the customer uses uh, ten thousand kilowatts right like. So if we compare it with the with the with the car, like I said, there's six gallons of, of gas, right? So we provide a twenty percent more of what they need. That way, you know, they don't have to use the utility anymore, and they're a little bit more self-independent. Um, the only reason a customer will rely on their utility will be if they're using more power than what the system actually produces. So they tapped into you know the, the city grid again. The city, the grid again. So. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's not too common, you know, when they do tap unless, um, you know, unless maybe the customer just went overboard as far as their production. And okay. it, does, it does happen, but it's not too common. And do you, do you mind going to like the unit economics on like if you put I'm curious, like what does it cost to put on your house and yeah. versus what does that actually make the customer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, for example, there's. There's tons of ways where the customer could benefit from, especially on the financial side. Um, you know, we go in and just give them analyze like how much they've been paying. For example, the path we go in a customer's house and he's been there for like ten years already, so he he'll probably already spend like almost eighteen grand, you know, on electricity, right? If not, you mm -hmm. know, maybe five percent less or maybe five percent more, um, you know. So depending on the customer, but that's usually the, the case. So you know, we we go in it's like. Just think about it. You're going to probably go five years more or 10 years more in this home, you know, and you're going to end up paying overall like $38,000 to $40,000 of electricity, mm -hmm. if not more, right, depending on inflation. Infl inflation has, has been insane through, through the past couple of years. So, um, you know, what we do, we co we go in and start saving saving you now, right? Like, um, in the most part, like, it gives them like a 30% savings, like on a month-to-month -month basis. Um, and then it gives them a credit, a tax credit, 26% tax credit. Um, so also it averages anywhere from $7,000 for customer. So when you file your taxes, um, 26% tax credit on what on, on whatever the system cost. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's say, you know, within the average, I'll say 7,000, depending on the state. Uh, but you know, so $7,000 got tax credit average, right. Per customer. Um, so they're already in the economic side, like they're saving right off the bat. Right. And then they're also, once they file the taxes, they get that credit, which, um, helps them get that money, you know, receive the money or get a credit, right. It all depends how they file taxes. But those are some of the immediate economic uh, savings that the customer get. And then also it gives them that peace of mind because, um, you're also going to be able to actually be on a fixed rate, you know, for depending on the loan amount, right. Or mm -hmm. whatever the contract is like, this is not this production that we're giving you this power that you're receiving from the sun. It's not going to go up on you. Like it is with other utilities. Right. Uh, yeah. So you, you lock in a rate that, and that's usually like somebody could pay cash to put yeah. solar, but normally someone's going to finance it yeah. to a fixed rate. You put you install it and then they'll pay that off over a period of time. And then that almost makes it a little bit easier because now you have a fixed rate. So that could subsidize and basically replace the the monthly electricity or exactly. utility bill. Okay, understood. Okay. Yeah, most of most of the time it replaces the the utility bill. Like I would say like ninety percent of the time, you know, like it's like, yeah, the whole point is like we will eliminate that. Now you have your own production and you have them just in case of an emergency or you know, let's yeah. say you use more power, you have a family members in, in home or you threw a crazy party, I don't know, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you would just, you know, use that 
um, that small percentage, you know, from the utility. So, which is still ends up. What's saving. like? What's the average like break even for a customer? Um, the average break even. Um, what do you mean, like on a? Oh no, like so. Say, say I'm like subsidizing my utilities, and then I'm uh, instead I'm doing uh, as as opposed to paying utilities, mm-hmm. I'm financing like solar. Okay. So when do I start to recoup the cost? So say, when is the solar paid off? Like say like five years or something like that? Or the ROI? Or, yeah. ROI. Um, is an average from six to seven years. So okay, that's okay. um. Let's say the customer will pay the same amount as they're paying for their utilities right now for seven years. Um, they'll have a system paid off. That's smart. And then after that, then it's just pure, it's pure savings. Yeah. 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 After that, it's pure savings. And, um, you know, they have that. It adds some value to the home too. Easier to sell, you know, whenever it comes to like, you know, maybe they want to move out. Um, yeah. There's some value already in the home. And then people that want to buy a house, if you show them a house that doesn't have solar and a house that has solar, it's a lot more appealing because you already know you're going to walk into maybe no bill or maybe a really small bill compared to, Mm-hmm. Walking into um, one of the second highest uh, bill that the average homeowner has, which is uh, electricity, right? Especially in these hot places like you know we're here in Miami, yeah. um, Arizona, you know it's and and then if we move to like the East Coast, um, their high bills are usually on the winter, so um, you know you'll know you won't have those um, you know winters or summer bills, right? Because those are the high ones. Like whenever, depending on where you're at or what state. It's either you have high summer bills or you have high winter bills. So, you know, they don't know like, oh, yeah, I don't have to go through that $300 summer bill or $300 winter or 400 depending right on the on the, on the the customer. But, you know, it gives them peace of mind, too. And it's like, I'll be able to, I would prefer to do this than do this home where it's like uh, probably going to get hit by this big bill. No, no, the, the financials make sense on it. Um, the industry is evolving. So like if I look at so I I just I don't know anything about solar. <laughs> no, no, no. So, I, so I was like okay what are pros and cons of solar and like obviously like pros are pretty straightforward. I think they're pretty well known like you reduce dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, it's like a very green and pollution free option. Um, obviously return on investment. The only things that I could find and I'm curious about your opinion on some of the cons of solar. And I want to get your perspective because you're in this industry. So the number one con and also something that I think is trying to be solved for is storage. So what and I think storage is because if you don't have like sun, then you don't have power. Is that is that yes, no, correct, incorrect? I mean, if, if we don't have sun, I think we have a bigger issue. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Manscaped. Now, us men know that we need to trim, we need to manscape so we don't have an overgrown mess. But I doubt you're doing it properly if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your grooming is incredibly important. These products are so good, it's gonna do wonders for your health, your hygiene, and your confidence. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The package I recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a hair's worst nightmare. The trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. In the Performance Package, you also have the second best tool, the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure that your nasty nose hairs are completely 
under control. Outside of those two tools, you also have the Crop Preserver, which is a deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, which is a spray-on toner. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the Success Story podcast code, R code 20 success at manscaped.com. Remember, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code 20 success. It's time to level up your grooming game with the ultimate hair and grooming tools from Manscaped. No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> so what I mean is like, not, not for like the rest of the world, not for the, re- not for like a year. I mean, like for like, say you have like three rainy days. Yeah. Like, does that, does that ever impact like the, the ability for people to use? So, cause I think that the, the only problem I could really find was storage because the storage yeah. is very expensive. So yeah. to actually, if you, if you have sun coming down and it's collecting the actual batteries, so the batteries have not evolved yet where they're like actually very, very cost effective for the average consumer. Like, I guess it's the same batteries that Tesla would be using in their cars that would be storing energy yeah. from solar. So that's that. And I think the Tesla cars, I think the battery to replace it is like eight to $10,000, something like crazy like yeah. that. So if you have like a super expensive storage option, then you can't really store or do or can you store? I don't know the the like the um, how they're engineered. And yeah. that's the only thing I could think of if you have like a period of like no sun and you're relying on solar and you don't have a battery because it's super expensive. Could that be a negative? Um, could it be a negative? Yeah, depending on the customer, right? Like we have all type of customers, which is, you know, like if they're more on the, you know, upper middle class, like customer, then, you know, they, like, they'll find it, you know, which is, it wouldn't be a worry for them. But usually our typical um, average customer, like we do a recommendation where if they ask us those questions, like, I mean, yeah, you could go ahead and have it just for a peace of mind, right? If it's something yeah. you want to add. Um, it's definitely, it's, it's not a necessity just yet, right? It's not something that you need to have if you have solar. Um, it's more of having a peace of mind, right? Just in case of there's, just in case of an outage, like you'll have, you'll have power, right? You have some juice in there. If it's, if it's cloudy, do you uh-huh. get still some power? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's not the same as is the full sun is actually out, but it still penetrates the clouds and I there's figured, still... Yeah. There's still some production, and by the most part, um, depending on the area and the and the design systems that we have, like we we take these things in consideration, right? Um, so to make sure that the customer actually gets the production that they have, like uh, like we have the production guarantee from you know from our equipment, so you know we we guarantee that they're gonna produce this amount of uh, power um, and electricity. So and by and where, wherever we're at, we do an evaluation of, you know, pretty much weather-wise and things like that so the customer could get what he needs. But, I mean, if they add storage, I mean, it's it, it's a safety net for them, too. Yeah. You know, maybe we didn't evaluate, you know, like, I don't know, something crazy to happen at, at that um, city or state. Um, and then if you have a battery, then, you know, you'll have the peace of mind that you have enough juice in there. So, so I mean, it's... it's um, um, as far as pricing goes too, I mean, it has, they have dropped a little bit. There has been, there's different options now. Before there was just the LG uh, batteries and there was um, Tesla, which is, you know, one of, one of the big ones that we have. Uh, but now there's also, you know, Solar Edge came in with, um, you know, some new batteries, a little more affordable. Um, so this is like a never moving industry, obviously. Yeah. And and that's, the, <laughs> well, the only, and I don't mean to say that like a battery is like the end of the world. It just... So as an industry evolves, you're going to notice it all. Like, I'm sure a battery in like five years is going to be 
$500 or something like very, very inexpensive, right? Yeah. And it's going to be the same battery or probably a more advanced battery, same with like cell phones and any other piece of technology that we're, that we're creating. I was just curious as to if that was something that was uh, like a major issue with the industry right now, because you can't really see a lot of other issues outside. Yeah. If you have proper storage, then it would be pretty hard to argue against this being like a, a like the best possible replacement for fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a big issue. Um, you know, it just depends on the customer budget, right? Like it depends if they that's something that they want to add. Um, you know, we could do it. Have they reached uh, maybe the best um, pricing uh, potential? I believe there's there's room for opportunity, but it's, it's going to take some time. Uh, but we don't, um, as far as the areas that we work on, like it's not a, a necessity for the clients. It's more of a... It doesn't you know, come up a lot. No, it doesn't. It's more of a, a peace of mind for, for the client that we're doing a battery and adding a, a battery for them. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I think we, don't, we really don't so, have those big issues. So what are the problems as a CEO of a solar company? What are the problems to keep you up at night? Like industry problems first, and then I want to talk about business problems that you're trying to solve for. Industry problems, um, I guess one of the big ones was pricing. Uh, there, there was a price increase, um, you know, as far as with all this logistic, crazy things that are going on. Yeah, just supply chain stuff. Supply chain, right, things that are going on, manufacturers. So, you know, I think one of those things is, um, you know, just an analyzing how we're going to be able to adapt, you know, how are we going to be able to provide it with the customer's uh, pricing, um, how are we going to be able to, you know, to do our profits and losses and things like that, right? How are we going to be able to adapt during those these changes? Um, and as far as the industry, um, there is incentive. So we, we got to prepare ourselves for the times where maybe there's no incentives, right? And it's going to be so common and so popular that uh, everybody's going solar, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to be able to prepare for that. Um, and... And that's pretty much it, man. Other other than that, I think the industry it's 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 moving, it's growing fast, um, you know, which is good for us as well. Um, are people are, are people lobbying governments right now for more incentives? Are the big groups that lobby on behalf of solar? Are the big groups? What was that? I'm sorry. Like, are, are they lobbying on behalf of solar companies to get more incentives for consumers? Is that something that's happening? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too involved in that area, uh, but but it is it is something that's going on, right? They wanna they wanna open up different areas or different opportunities where there could be more incentives. Um, yeah. And and it also it, it's by a state. Uh, it's state at a state level. Utility. Yeah, yeah. So it will be more on a state level and a federal level. So, uh, but yeah, those are some of the things that you know, as a, a business owner in solar, we like we gotta look out to look out for. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, that's pretty much. And then who's like things is. I know, like, obviously, Tesla is probably one of the main innovators in the space. But who else is, like, focused on evolving and, I guess, creating more efficient, if that's a if that's the right term, solar panels? Like, who else is innovating on this right now? Um, well, Tesla's a big one. Um, there's also big manufacturers. Solar Edge is one of the – they have inverters. They also have um, batteries, optimizers, all type of technology. So I think they're one of the leading guys as far as uh, manufacturer goes. Um, and they're also a, a publicly traded company, um, you know, as far as the manufacturing space. Um, but other than that, um, I don't see any, I mean, there is also, you know, Silfab is American made. Um, they manufacture panels. There's some good panels, uh, Q cells, uh, German, they're typically Germany. Um, they're designed in Germany and manufactured out here too. So, um, 
I think those are one of the big players. I think Solar Edge is one of the Solar big, Edge big players. And, and yeah. then Tesla. And then Tesla. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and, and then on the I guess on the division from the install side and from the um, sell side of it, you know, there's big players. Sunrun. It's a pretty big. Um, you know, they've been in the game for for quite a while. Um, the same same as uh, Solar Solar City, which is Tesla now. Which, yeah, yeah. You know, it's combined. It's combined now. So I think they're those are one of the big players. But I believe Tesla. Is not really too interested in their in their solar division. Um, they're more on their. Um, they don't. They don't vehicles. advance. They don't create new stuff, or not as not as frequently as they used to, or not as much as they used to. Um, when I used to be there, it, there was a lot more involvement. There was a lot more, um, you know, things going on as far as that division uh, went. But as far as what I've been seeing uh, from them, seems like they stopped some of the things that they wanted to do. Um, they, you know, seems like the. The manufacturer of it, uh, side of it, didn't come as well as they thought they were going to be. So they mm. paused some of the products and things like that. So um, I do see, you know, new com- companies innovating or companies trying to, like, find, you know, the best way to service, the best way to manufacture, the best way to, um, to you know, for aesthetics of panels to improve that and things like that. Um, but, yeah, those are one of the big players. Okay. No. Um, okay. Let's go back to you and building business and, and some of the things that you've learned building this company out. Um, and I also actually, I, I want to ask you some of the problems that you've solved for, like, you know, biggest things keeping you up at night as a CEO. Uh, but I also, I always like to understand the mind of a content creator because you also are a content creator. And I feel like it's funny. Like you, you, I, I'm a big fan of the celebrity CEO putting themselves out there, personal branding. Obviously, I mean, this is how I grew the show and how I grew my own personal brand, but not a lot of people subscribe to that idea. A lot of people feel like, oh, the industry isn't sexy enough or the industry isn't cutting edge enough. To me, you're a perfect example of how it doesn't matter like what you're doing. It doesn't matter what business you're building. It only makes it easier when you put yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, how many, uh, so I guess the other solar CEO would be Elon Musk, but outside of that, not a lot of them do and not a lot of CEOs do. So why did you choose to do that? You mentioned earlier, you had a lot of uh, success building a brand, and that's what allowed you to gain trust with your customers, and that sort of allowed you to grow the business. Yeah. Um, why did you, in particular, feel like personal branding, putting yourself like putting yourself out there? Um, you do interviews. You have a great Instagram. Uh, you don't have to have a great Instagram to grow a solar business, but you did it. Why? Yeah. Um, I believe one of the biggest things that set us aside from these big players like Elon Musk and you know other big CEOs is, um, you know, they have a lot of investors too, you know, so they they play a big role, you know, as far as decisions and things like that, um, you know. So when it comes where we're privately owned, um, you know, we get to really dictate, you know, what's what goes on as far as you know marketing and as far as branding and things like that, and um, and and that's what people want right that's what people the people want to know you people want to know who's behind the brand people want to know what are, what are some good things that you're doing you know what are some things that are innovating people um you know there's the now nowadays like the tv is social media right like yeah. it's it's that's w- what it is now so if people want to see us there then that's what i'm going to do you know <laughs> um you know Did you have and, trouble doing that at the beginning um um yeah not necessarily i mean there is a <laughs> <laughs> no, I ask because like it's like it's tough to put yourself at like I'm like a huge student of of Gary V. Like yeah. you know he puts everything out there and and 
I, I preach this all the time and I and I always say like just put stuff out there and yeah. it's gonna suck at first and then iterate and improve and eventually it'll turn into great content, but you're not gonna get the great content unless you, you know, you just put out shit for <laughs> you know, a hundred posts. And a lot of people have a hard time doing that. A lot of people don't want to put out post because yeah. it's not it's not great. It's not perfect. You said the wrong thing. The edit wasn't great. The lighting wasn't great. You looked off, whatever. But yeah. you're not going to get that perfect post by never posting. But yeah. so how was it like day one posting stuff? And and what was your strategy? How did you get how did you get the confidence to put yourself out there? Or was it just natural? Um, I think it was not necessarily natural, but I think um, not not just in business, but you know, I, I've I posted it in the past before. It's so like, you know, I, I kind of mess around a little with the social media um, and not necessarily in the business aspect. You know, when I was single, you know, I put I have to put myself out there so people can, you know, so, that, so you know, it's before I met my wife, my wife can meet me and things like that. So I did that. And I think I kind of added a little bit on the model. It's like now I got to expose now. I'm no longer single, right? I'm married. So I just adapted that model and put did it into my business so it could sell. It looked appealing. It could look, yeah. you know, right? So we could tell people what we're doing so people could get to know me, right? Because now um, we are, we're not just doing business in one state, right? We're doing business in multiple states. So if I want to reach a, route, a, a bigger crowd, yeah. then, um, you know, I have to. You know, it's, I feel like it's something that I have to do. Um, and it, yes, it is within me. It's something that I think I enjoy doing as well. Um, it's not easy. You know, some, some of the times there is that self-doubt. It's like, what are they going to say? You know, did I say the right thing? That is my, um, you know, is like, there's tons of things that go, go behind all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just, just like you said, just throw it out there. People are going to say, you know, like maybe he's not perfect. He's not that, but who's perfect, right? Like no you know, one, um, no, yeah. absolutely no one, you know? So, um, but yeah, I think that that was the model too. At the beginning, I was just Put it up there, you know. My customers want to see it. You know, people that work with us or employees or contractors. The, empl you know. the employees like they're they're comfortable like being part of like an org that like puts stuff out. Because I saw like you build in public, like you, <laughs> you events that you throw, you're posting that, like all that stuff you're posting, you're putting it all out there, and like the team is like cool with that. They like it. They get behind it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even actually, the leaders in the company they they adapt the same model too. You know, they and and I seen even other competitors too. Like you know, apply that. You know, now they're now they're learning. <laughs> now they're doing that. Yeah, like you're making money. Then they're like, oh shit, like <laughs> maybe I should That's do that. That's what I gotta do, right? I even have like, you know, some of the competitors like be, being on the you know watching everything that we're doing, and even to with the other leaders as well. Um, and, and they adapt to it. Yeah. Our, our, our employees and our contractors adapt to it. And they're like, Oh man, I see. I like that. You know, like I want to show it. I want to, I'm proud of what I'm doing too, you know, cause that's another big th thing too. That, um, you know, I, I, I tell them too, like, yeah, man, you gotta be proud of what you're doing. Like, mm -hmm. even though maybe being, being in sales or, you know, uh, you know, presenting to the world, what you're doing, it might not be the best thing you would want to do. You much rather want to put a photo of your family, which I understand, of course, that's prim primarily the thing. Right. Uh, but if people don't know what you're doing, how do you expect to get more clients? How do you expect to get more business, right? How do you, um, you know, and, and this is a thing that people want, want. So it's like, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is who I am. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, okay. I want to, so I want to go into a couple like, like rapid fire and to pull out some last career insights, but before I pivot and I'll ask some of the challenges you've like overcome and some of the things that you're worrying about now. Um, but anything else that like, where do you want to, wh like, where do you want to go in the future? Like, where do you want your company to go? Where do you personally want to go? What's the next five, 10 years look like for you? Absolutely. So the biggest, the biggest thing to me is like, I, 
every time I, I'm a really competitive guy, right? I want to be the best at whatever I do, <laughs> right? Which kind of drives me crazy sometimes, but I good. but I enjoy good. it. Like, I like to, you know, perform at the best level that I can. So obviously be the best at what I do, man. That's uh, that's the primarily the, the, the thing. Keep on growing. Uh, keep on growing my business. Keep on providing opportunity to people. Uh, one of the biggest things now is like I want to uh, help other people um, the same way that I was helped when I joined the solar industry. Like you said, like there's there's a lot of people out there that, you know, there's no other option, right? Like you need the money, and you, but you want to make money in a place that you feel good about what you're doing, right? So um, I just want to continue to help, you know, many, many, uh, pe many people that want to create more income and they want to do it the right way, right? So, um, you know, for example, if I go back to, you know, where I was at at that time when I started, like to me and to be really honest with you, it was e either, you know, I only knew people that were making money that, you know, I didn't know all the CEOs or all these big players, investors and all this stuff, right? Like I only knew people that were doing bad stuff, making money, you know, like on mm -hmm. the streets and all this stuff, right? Not cutting corners in business and, you know, not paying taxes, not reporting, getting cash and all these little hustles, right? And that's the only people that I knew at the time. But when, once once I got presented this opportunity and it got to men like other people, it's like, oh man, that's not the way to do it. The way to sustain it and actually to grow is to do it the right way, right? And um, so I want to keep on doing that for thousands of people if God allows me to do it. You know, I want to be, um, you know, I want to keep on growing myself. I want my peers to keep on growing um, as well. You know, my coworkers, my employees, um, for them to grow, for them to feel proud of what, um, you know, what they're part of. Um, and then make it one of the number one company in the nation, like literally be at least in the top five in the nation. Uh, we have already been uh, through so, through some of our distributors, like we already been in the top one, top two. Um, if you're hitting the Inc. 5000 list, then you're already up there. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're definitely getting there. Um, but I also have this big ambition where, where I want to structure my business where like, why not? If we could publicly trade it, maybe in the future, you know, down the line and just make this massive uh, solar company, like, let's do it. You know, I think I'm up for that challenge. Um, and also, you know, I, I want to be, I'll, I'll be tidying in other businesses uh, that are relevant, uh, um, that actually yeah. are match what I'm doing, you know, that kind of makes sense, you know, yeah. like on the, on the solar space and, you know, experiment that side of it um, and just keep on learning more, man. I think that's the overall vision and for my people to grow because that's big. I want them to grow. I want them to experience, um, you know, the higher level of, um, of work ethic, of income, of, you know, just some of the good things that solar has done to me. I just want to share with tons of people and add more value to them and their families as well. So. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's good, man. Um, I just want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Swag.com. Now, you know, if you've ever received a corporate gift or swag in the past, how many of those gifts did you actually keep? Probably not many, which is probably because the stuff that you got was not so great. I've gotten uh, like a lot of stuff from trade shows and from companies in the past that I've just thrown out the second I get it. So this is why you need to check out swag.com. I've been on the receiving end of getting garbage gifts. I've also worked in companies where I only had access to a really, really small inventory of stuff that I wanted to give my customers and my employees, and I knew that it wasn't gonna resonate. I knew that it was gonna suck. So what is swag.com? Well, it's like swag upgraded. It's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep. So they sent me a box because obviously they're sponsoring the show and I wanted to see what it's all about. I, you know, I've worked in businesses. I want to make sure that the quality of their stuff 
actually was up to my standards because I can tell you right now that when I get garbage, it goes right into the trash. It like it really goes right into the trash the second I got back from the trade show or the conference or whatever. So I received one of the custom swag boxes from swag.com. I loved the unique packaging, so it was a beautiful unboxing experience. Uh, I love the actual products they sent me, and there's a whole bunch more that obviously they didn't send me, but the stuff that they did send was absolutely beautiful. It was very high quality, and I can only imagine that if I actually got this when I was working for companies, I probably would have actually used it. And to be honest, I'm going to start using them for people that work on my show and in my company as well because I know that this isn't just... Uh, a novelty gift that somebody's going to throw out. It's stuff that they can actually use. They have so many unique and customizable gifts that I've never seen anywhere else. They have custom yoga mats. They have custom Apple AirPods. They even have branded kayaks, which I did not know was a thing. So they carry all these premium brands like North Face, Yeti, Nike, and more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. So you're even able to create custom swag boxes full of great branded items, and then you actually deliver them in a custom unique box. Uh, with swag.com, they take care of all of your swag at their warehouse, and they ship it to individual addresses. Or if you prefer, uh, you can just send it to a bulk location in one single shipment. It's easy to manage uh, from their online portal, which you obviously get access to. So if this is something that you think would benefit you. If you have clients or customers or a team and you wanna go the extra mile and you actually wanna give gifts that people appreciate, which is the whole point of giving these gifts in the first place, go to swag.com uh, for the perfect swag and custom gifts. Right now, they're giving everybody who's a Success Story podcast listener a special offer. It's 10% off your entire order, but only when you go to swag.com success and enter promo code SUCCESS10. Remember, for 10% off, go to swag.com slash success and use promo code SUCCESS10. Where do people, where do people reach out and connect with you? Yeah, people could, um, they, they could go to Instagram and they could follow me, uh, Jimmy Esparza Official. Um, they could also go to Facebook, um, Jimmy Esparza, and they could also go to our website. It's renewablepowerusa.com. Pretty simple, right? Renewable Power US. That's good. <laughs> USA. Um, and that's where they connect with, uh, they can connect with me directly, DM, or they could also uh, visit our website and request some info if they need anything from us. But awesome. Yeah. Good. Okay. We'll put that, we'll put that in the show notes too. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Okay. So there's a couple of rapid fire, but I think, you know, you're, you're a CEO in an evolving space. So is five, if I was going to say five things that are keeping you up, is that too many? I'm sure there's probably, I'm sure there's actually probably more than that, to be honest. <laughs> but on the spot, without prep, can you think of five things that are keeping you up at night that are like right now stressing you out? It doesn't have to be solar related. It could be HR related. It could be uh, investor related. It could be sales related. It could be revenue related. But why are those five things keeping you up? Yeah, one of the things um, I will say it's, I will say investors, like I've been reached out for a couple of investors. I've been reached out to, you know, different partnerships and um, to grow. Right. And the, one of the things is like, man, you know, what is the next? Like, I know exactly what I have, what, where I'm heading towards, which that's the which has give, it gives me comfort. Right. Number wise, mm -hmm. revenue wise, growth wise, like uh, strategies wise. Like I, I know what I have to do. Right. Um, as far as that goes. And I just keep on, you know, I just got to push forward and I try to keep my I 
I think the biggest challenge is just keeping myself focused, right? Um, and not getting distracted by all these other opportunities that are presenting that are, um, inf- that are, that are getting in front of me. Um, because yes, I do want to grow fast. Uh, yes, I do want to take it to the next level, but I also want to do it the right way, right? So I'm just careful about the decisions that I make and I want to make sure that there's no, not, nothing bad gets in the way of those things yeah. that I'm working towards, right? Um, so th- that's one of the things. Other thing is too, is like, yeah, we're growing. Um, you know, there's, there's levels that I've never reached in my life, you know? So it's like, whoa, like, whoa, how much we got to invest there? Who do we have to hire? Like, oh, whoa, you know? So those are things that, you know, it, it sometimes it, it, it holds me back a little bit, you know? And, um, uh, but then I, then I meet people which, you know, which they're like, you know, not too long ago, I was, you know, with this conversation with now, now he's becoming a good friend of mine. It's like he sold this company for over a billion dollars. And then he talks numbers and I'm like, oh, come on, Jimmy, like you're, you're gonna, you know, he's talking billions and huge investments and I'm yeah. over here, um, you know, like, you know, kind of, and to a certain point, like being a little scared as far as making some of the decisions. Um, so it kind of gives me a little bit more peace of mind where I meet people like that. Uh, but, um, but I, those are one of the, what else, um, one thing that keeps me up at night is like providing the time to my family. So I think that's um, that's huge, right? Like every time I, I jump, I I know I'm gonna jump into a different stage um, in the business. Mm-hmm. I know it's gonna require tons of uh, work, right? It's gonna require um, you know where I have to like study. I have to like just be a lot more disciplined than I was last year. Um, I have to wake up earlier. I have to. St- still stick my um my routines right still be connected with the higher up because that to me it's like you know the main thing that you know helps me and opens tons of doors um so um you know when there's another challenge and and other things coming up like i have to that's one of the things like i do not want to uh lose a family during this trend this um this um this next level right and 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 the good thing is like I'm learning from other people that still kept their family through all this process. Um, and that's, that's the things that definitely keeps me up. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? Because, and I ask because I know a lot of people that are successful, a lot of them are divorced. Yeah. Like, uh, like most that I know are divorced. Yeah. Um, how do I do that? I tried, for example, this, uh, this business trip that we're out here in, in Miami, I, I brought my family, you know, I brought, she's my, my baby, she's three months. You know, Congrats. That's you. young. That's very, young. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you. Yeah, man. Um, she's three, uh, she's three months. So it was a scary thought out. We're going to put her three, three month um, baby in the plane, you know, and I'm bringing my wife and she's going to be, you know, a little bit alone in, in the, in the hotel. But I was like, you know, like I researched, I was like, who has done this before? You know, and I, I ask questions and I call and it's like, oh, oh, this guy did it. Oh, this guy. I was like, oh, man, this guy did it. They're doing yeah. it. You know, so I'm going to do that. So that make the effort to do it. I made the effort to do it. And um, and again, I ask people that are not divorced, right? People that have their family, um, you know, and I ask them, you know, where are some things that how, did, how have you been able to maintain it? And I, and I think I'm grateful because I have an amazing wife, too, you know, that she understands that, you know, I want to grow and I have this insane uh, vision and, and, and she she helps. Um, but I just try to, you know, keep it as balanced as I can, um, you know, as far as that goes. And and I always put myself in check whenever I'm not, you know, delivering with my family. Like I'm the first guy. I always say this, like I have this general in my head that tells me, hey, you know, yeah. Jimmy. What are you doing? And then I was like, okay, 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 okay. I need to get back on track and I need to put, invest my time, you know, or I need to wake up a, a, a an hour earlier or I need to sleep a little later, you know, to really spend time, spend the time, 
Yes. So those are the, um, those are some of the challenge. That's one of the biggest one that keeps me, yeah. um, you know, awake, but you know, there, there, there's a solution for everything. It's like, just, you know, like, like just, uh, work smarter, um, educate yourself as much as I can. And which is not easy coming up from a, a D, DF student in high school and college. I had a B, I, I had a B in business classes. So <laughs> I, I don't, I actually don't find that. I don't find this school is, is very useful for if, if you, if you are a self-taught person, I don't yeah. find this school is very, it's good for setting you up with soft skills that are important. Yeah. But at this point, I don't think you could ever correlate your success, your lack of success to any anything that you'd ever have been taught in school because you're so far beyond. Listen, you you have a successful business. I think people that have failures are still so far beyond. Just like yeah. one business, figure out all the aspects and you fail and you still learn more than you would in an actual MBA. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's it, the the growth curve in just doing is ex, like it's exponential. Yeah. And I think that's actually a big issue. You know, you probably talk a lot about why I think school and education is broken and why I think that it it's it's outdated legacy institution that hasn't kept up with the times. But yeah, I mean, I think you're probably you're probably more prepared to to learn whatever you need to learn now because of what you've accomplished than than not. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I will say the 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 classes that I took, I'm, I was like this close to getting my associates in business. I think I was like three credits down. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the, the way that I did it, I just grabbed the best out of those courses and yeah. applied it, you know, and, and I mean, we, we never stopped growing, right? Like even to the day, like, you know, I go to mentors, like read books back to back, you know, as much and as you've I been, can. you've been profitable since early on as a business. Yeah, yeah, that, that I'm grateful to be in a you know an industry which yeah has made me you know pretty profitable to you know from the beginning. So. I mean that because not every business is profitable from day one either. Like you can if you get yeah. investment, you can you can run you can run uh, unprofitable for a period of time before you start to turn things around. But you've been profitable from early early on. I think if I'm, I'm I understand your your success. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, okay, that was three. Do you want to do two <laughs> more or do you want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. I'm having fun. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, biggest challenge that you've overcome in your own personal life. What was it? How'd you overcome it? Um, yeah, in my own personal life, uh, one of the biggest challenge uh, recently, actually, that I have is um, just being more disciplined um, because um, I got to a level where I was comfortable um, and and. And I was a little comfortable. I was like, okay, I think I got it to a level I've never been in my life where my family has. And um, and then when was it during COVID? Um, it was a mixture of per, it was a mixture of uh, spiritual and personal and business. So it was all, it was all, it was a combination of everything. Um, so once COVID hit, um, we we actually had um, some news from the doctor. My wife was pregnant. Uh, we had a um, um, it was not, it was not a miscarriage. She, we had something where, you know, the ba our baby was growing. She was pregnant. So our, ba our first baby was um, growing. And then, uh, they said that he was going to pass. So, um, the doctor said he was going to pass. My, my wife, uh, decided to make the bravest decision to keep the baby, you know, and, and for the baby to grow. So we went through all the nine months, the baby kept on growing. The doctor was, you know, iffy about, you know, Kim, uh, being alive. Um, so, um, that, that was challenging. That was tough. You know, um, you know, it was, it was really intense. And then during that time, COVID hit, 
you know, so COVID hit at the time. So it affected uh, me personally. Um, it affected my family personally. And then it affected the business as well, you know, all at the same time. So, um, you know, th the that passed, that happened, you know, our, our baby passed, you know, now he's uh, in, in heaven. And then, uh, co and then I had to deal with that personally, right? So I was like, how am I going to deal with this with my wife and my family? So um, I had to really, really uh, look deeper into my spir spirituality to really come out of this, right? So uh, that was a challenge. So, you know, I had to go really deep on that. And then, um, and then, and, and then at that point too, my business, my business started dropping too. So um, there was COVID, so there was chaos in the business, Um at the, at the same time, so I was like, wow, like I had I had to figure this out and I can't let this, you know, put me down because I go back to my family trees. How do you solve, you know, situations in my world, right? Um, it was, you know, just drinking them out. Just, you know, there's no, um, you know, going to the psychiatrist and, you know, talking about or getting medication. I was like, no, just having a drink with the buddy and just figuring it out, right? And hopefully you make it through, you know, so... Um, and there, there has been alcoholism, alcoholism in my in my family and things yeah. like that, right? So, um, you know, and those are some of the ways that in my world is like, hey man, that's how you um, solve problems, right? Or go that route because you know it is what it is, you know. So, so you know, I had to say, you know what, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to decide not to take that route and I'm going to see how I could, you know, just deeply connect more into my spir spirituality and really add more discipline into my life, you know, to get out of this like big, big problem. Right. And, you know, and, and grateful enough, you know, and thank God, like uh, we went through it. It was a extremely hard year uh, where I had to come back emotionally and I had to come back business wise too. Uh, because we did have some, uh, we did have a downside, uh, downside of a uh, staff as well, you know? Mm. Um, so I had to bring, I had to bring people back. I had to train people back. I had to bring myself back, my family back. Um, and, and, and we did, and I'm great. Um, um, and we did, and thank God we've been able, we had a newborn, you know, God bless us with a new yeah. baby, you know? Thank God. Congratulations. Amazing. Yeah. So. Thank you. And, and you survived, um, and business is now coming back. Yes. Yes. We, sur we survive. Uh, we survived. So thank God, you know, we did, we did survive as far as business. We had a 248% growth, you know, so after, yeah. For real? <laughs> after that kickback. Yeah. It kicked us back for a couple months, but you know, um, the following year, uh, we had a 248% growth compared to where we were at. Um, and personally, I just, you know, feel like I'm a lot more disciplined in my life. Uh, I feel a lot more energetic and I feel like a lot more clear as far as some of the things and my purpose here in life. So amazing. That was, yeah, so that's I good. Was, that was a little long. Sorry, but no, <laughs> don't apologize. That's a good story. Um, if you, you had to choose uh, one person who's had a major impact on your life, there's obviously been many, but pick yeah. one person and what did they, who's that person? What did they teach you? Um, one person alive. Um, I would say, no, I was gonna say like a lot, like in your life, like they could be alive. They could be past. Like it could be any, anyone who's impacted you. I will say my mom, uh, she has been a, a huge part of, uh, my life, uh, because she has always guided me with good principles in life. Right. Um, my spirituality, she's always on me. Like, you know, make sure you, you have that connection, um, and then business too. She always, uh, she always, 
I, she always pushed pushed me and made me believe that I was able to do great things, you know. And I think I'm really grateful with her, um, you know. And I seen her, you know, starting up her own small business, you know. It's, and she cleans houses. Like I clean houses with her for a bit too, um, you know. So um, I seen her like go through that, and 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 she, I I seen her like how she wanted me to push. She wanted to show me an example how I I'll, I'll be able to make it, um, and, and it, that it was possible. Um, so she has been a huge influence in my life uh, to the day, you know, thank God. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at if I wasn't because of for her. Amazing. Um, pick one book, podcast, Audible, someone, who, a book you've read. What was that? How did it impact your life? What did it teach you? Well, um, yeah, absolutely. So a book... I will say the the first one the, the book and I always say one of the most famous book is the Bible. There's all the facts are in there. The, all the everything that they're you're mentioned. very spiritual. <laughs> you are spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so I think it, a lot of the self help books, you know, come a lot of information comes from from there. But uh, I think a big a big book that really kind of blew up my mind a little bit. It has like, I will say Grant Cardone 10x. Um, that's that's one that um, helped it's sales or business. Um, sales uh but as far as business goes and more of the ceo uh book it is the right of a lifetime and this is from um from the ceo of walt disney it's a super amazing book man i love it i love What's it. it what is it the the ride of a lifetime the ride of a lifetime never heard of that book yeah uh, that's a, the one that i have to get now yeah that's why, man. i've never heard of that yeah I, I love that book and it 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 talks about his uh, background, you know, his story from uh, him being in, um, you know, in, in business and, and having to travel all over the world and the perspective that these different countries gave him and the understanding of people and how he, he's been, he was able to grow and get to a position where he was, he was a CEO of one of the biggest brand in the world, right? And then him talking about uh, how he solved some of the problems. Like, for example, he talks about, he talked about, uh, the first thing he talks about is where he had to publicly talk about um, an alligator eating, actually here in Florida, uh, eating a, a a little kid. So that happened in a resort here in Florida. So and one of the Disney resorts. One of the Disney resorts. So, um, you know, I guess his kid was running around and, you know, an alligator came, came by and he just ate the kid. Jesus. So... It was intense, and that's that's how he started off, and Jeez. and it's like that's what the problem. What a first week! <laughs> My God, it's yeah. not easy. It's it's uh, it's. I mean, it's a it's a very privileged position to be in to be a CEO yeah. of Disney. But I mean, that's I'm sure he has a story. Yeah, He's a very yeah, smart yeah. guy. It, it is crazy. So I, I love that book just by you know just by listening to his. I mean, um, just reading his uh, story and everything. I was like, wow. Like, and I'm over here complaining about. You know, a little dumb stuff, and this guy had to. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's actually funny how you always, like, I think it's a great personality trait you have. You always center yourself based on what other, you realize, like, the stuff that I'm dealing with right now really isn't that big a deal compared yeah. to what this person, compared to not only what my family went through coming over from Mexico, Yeah, that was a difficult life, and now I'm privileged. I have the life that I live right now. But also, as a CEO, you're like, I'm trying to deal with these small issues, 
And then this is the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world that has to deal with things at such an extreme level that it's also it like my current situation is difficult, but I think that that lens in which you look at everyone else's life, it sort of centers you and it helps you sort of, I don't know, it just helps you make smarter decisions, helps you with your composure, helps you with your thought process because it makes you less stressed because you realize, well, people have figured out much, wo- much more serious things and they've also come from much less privileged places. Yeah. But you've mentioned that twice now. And I, I actually think it's a really great, no, I think it's a great, tw- I think you. it's a great trait. I think it's something that's actually allowed you to always center yourself and to always make smart decisions and to almost like remove the stress and the emotion out of decisions because you realize that every problem that you're facing, it's a problem, but it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's... um you mentioned I, it twice in an hour. Yeah. Like it's like it's an important thing. And I think that's something that you should do a lot because yeah. regardless of what problem it is you're facing right now, realistically it's not going to be a problem in most likely even a month or six months or a year from now. Sometimes yeah. they are, but I, I can't remember the quote. It's like never never stress about problems that aren't going to be around in ten years. Yeah. No, that is true. Honestly, I don't know where, where I get that from, but I think just trying to always be be grateful for what I have, right? Because yeah. like you said, like, you know, my the background that I come from, my family, you know, I shouldn't be where I'm at right now, you know. So at the end of the day, all this is Everyone's fun. supposed to be exactly <laughs> where they are, man. Everyone's <laughs> supposed to be exactly where they are. There's, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, if you could tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Oh, man, like um, my 20-year-old. <laughs> okay, what were, guys, you were, were you, at 20, were you still in the call center? At 20. Or were you door-to-door? Yeah, I was in the call center. Um, I, he he was a fun guy, man. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> oh my God! What did I tell? Uh, what did I tell him? I I will tell him to um, just just. I mean, he. I, I love my twenties, man. Like I think it was a great time in my life. Um, uh, what would I tell him? That's a really good question. I'll just say, you know, just. You're going to be great, man. Just just keep on going. Do your thing. Keep on having fun. And, you know, and eventually you'll get to the to the other to the other stuff. But like, I really enjoy my 20s. I, I don't know what I would tell my 20 years old self. You just said it. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Last question. Um, what does success mean to you? Success to me means uh, being serving a lot of people. I think that's um that is what success is like I you know like I I think one of the greatest feelings that I that I get is from from serving you know from uh just being being around people and just you know being able to connect with people and uh being to and just learning itself man I think overall success to me is just um uh, you know just serving um uh, you know being a professional what I do uh, get to the highest levels possible, um, you know, as far as, you know, whatever is it that you're doing, right, and and, and just having fun. I think that's, uh, that's the biggest success. Um, obviously, yeah, like, I'm not going to lie, like, making big financials, um, you know, financial numbers, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's... You're competitive, a, you're in business, it's yeah, fun, yeah. Yeah, you, you have to, right? Like, it's life, like, things cost, things like you want to be, be able to live a more comfortable life, so, you know, that is part of the success. Uh, but the biggest thing is serving, just serving at the best, uh, at the at the best that you can and just having fun man. like just having a good time, being genuine and um, and just being able to serve, you know, many, many, many lives.
lives and um and just and just let's say if if you will die who knows within the next 24 hours like you you'll feel at peace that you could say man what else would i I mean, I did everything that I could. Like, I have no regrets. Um, you know, I feel like every minute I had, every time, every um, you know, hour, I spend it the best that I can with the best attitude. And I think that to me, that's the best success you know you could ever have. So. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 